One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I've been a hunter for as long as I can remember, and I've seen some pretty strange things in my time out in the woods. This happened to me and my buddies in the Redwood Forest last summer. You see, we'd been hearing these crazy stories about people disappearing in the area, and some locals even claimed they'd seen a Sasquatch lurking around. We were a group of experienced hunters and figured we could get to the bottom of the mystery. Plus, the idea of bagging a Sasquatch was too tempting to pass up. So, our group of five set out on a weekend expedition, deep into the remote redwood forest. The first day was pretty uneventful. We set up camp near a small creek and spent the evening trading stories around the campfire, laughing off the idea of a Sasquatch being responsible for the recent disappearances. But as we journeyed deeper into the woods on the second day, we started finding some truly disturbing evidence. We came across a deer carcass, its body torn apart as if by some massive beast. And then there were the enormous footprints, unlike anything we'd ever seen before. The deeper we went, the more uneasy we became. We pressed on, determined to uncover the truth behind the sightings and disappearances. That's when we heard the blood-curdling scream. It was Tom, one of our most seasoned hunters. We raced towards the source of the sound, hearts pounding and guns at the ready. We arrived just in time to see the Sasquatch, its massive, hairy form towering over Tom's lifeless body. 
It stared at us with its piercing, yellow eyes, then let out a guttural roar before disappearing into the dense forest. We were in shock. We'd found the Sasquatch, but it would cost. Our friend was dead. His body mangled almost beyond recognition. We carefully picked up Tom's remains and decided to give up on our hunt. We needed to get out of the forest and alert the authorities. As we made our way back to civilization, I couldn't shake the feeling that we were being watched. The Sasquatch had turned the tables on us. We were no longer the hunters, we were the hunted. We managed to make it out of the forest, but we were forever changed by the experience. We knew the truth about what was lurking in the Redwood Forest, but we also knew that some things were better left alone. We never spoke of our encounter again. So, if you ever find yourself in the Redwood Forest, and you hear stories of a Sasquatch, don't go looking for it. You might just find yourself caught in a deadly game of cat and mouse, and you won't like how the game ends. This story happened about a year ago. Me and my sister went outside while my dad was out with friends thought it was pretty dark outside, and my sister wanted to practice her color guard. But anyway, my sis went out into the driveway and I was at the door. My dogs were near us but they weren't acting weird at all. Then after a few minutes later we hear a hay that sounded like my dad, but my dad wasn't there. Then out of nowhere my dogs started growling at the backyard. Me and my sister ran inside and closed the door with my dogs still outside. Then my dog started barking for a few minutes, then the barking stopped. After about 20 minutes of trying to calm down I let the dogs back in. Ever since then they haven't felt like my dogs. I used to feel okay around them and safe. Now I feel uneasy and scared around them. I don't know what happened that night but something changed. My dogs aren't the same. Just wanted to share an experience I had a couple months ago to see if anyone else could help me try and understand better what is going on and if anyone else has experienced something similar. The date is between August 21, 2017 solar eclipse and August 31, 2017. My husband and I woke around 3 a.m. to sounds outside our bedroom door. When we looked outside we found our dogs crying to be let in. But we had locked our dogs in their crate before going to bed and our backyard gate is locked as well. Jokingly my husband said, I think aliens teleported the dogs outside. And I said, I hope so, that would be awesome. My husband put the dogs back in their crate and we went back to sleep. But within a few minutes our bedroom door opened again. And when I turned to look, two little beings floated into the room. As soon as they saw me looking at them I was instantly knocked into paralysis and could not move at all. This also shifted time into a super slow motion flow. I began to struggle and freak out and it seemed to then knock me out of my body into another plane or dimension. I could now move and when I rolled over to look up at this it had black colored wind moving behind and around it in slow motion. I never saw the second being that seemed to stand guard at the door, but I somehow knew it was there. It was hard to focus on it because time seemed to slow way down and it was as if my vision would vibrate when I looked at it. It had an extremely white head shaped like a Chinese dragon mask. I thought it might be a mask at first with very protruding brows and forehead. I then saw it had a very slim neck and a collar at the top of the suit it was wearing. It was gray and form-fitting with a belt or band in the middle. The energy it was putting off was very unfamiliar to me and I did not like the feeling of it. 
I immediately noticed that I could feel myself outside of my body from above at the same time that I could feel it from below in bed. I could see and remember everything at the same time from both locations. My instincts told me to create a protection field around my husband and me in bed and I pushed out this blue sphere of light around us from below. But as I was watching myself do this from above it looked like a flat blue circle instead of three-dimensional. I was really struggling from below to move and wake my husband up. I could start to feel myself swaying and trying to shake. From above the energy was so uncomfortable that I wanted to get out of the room immediately. I started floating out my door and then hovering above my pool outside. It was well lit outside, not sure if it was close to a full moon or it was an artificial light from above. I felt as if my body inside could almost break free from this paralysis when I was sucked back into my room and shot up in bed. I woke my husband up and said they were just here, floating around like Peter Pan. He could also feel that something was off and didn't quite know what was going on. He ended up getting our 9mm out and stayed up in the living room for the rest of the night. The time on the clock when this started was 3.23, and when I shot up in bed it was 4.14. I wrote everything down to try and make sense of it all and a few months later my notes disappeared. I knew something was missing in that hour in between the beginning and the end of the experience so I went to hypnosis to try and recover my memories. Hypnosis Session there was an hour of time missing from the night the two beings came into my room and this is what came to the surface during my hypnosis session. I felt sucked out of my bedroom and floated out above our pool outside through our sliding glass door. I then remember being in an extremely bright white room that eventually turned into a large oval-shaped room with a metallic table in the center. I floated over to the table and realized that there were other beings in the room with me. They were very tall with white robes on and they looked like praying mantises. There were two or three of them, very big looking heads. There is a strange hum to everything. I then felt a warm golden light start to shine down on me from above and it seemed as if they were scanning me, downloading and uploading energy software or information. And then there were all kinds of lights that formed into small bubbles that seemed to have movies or videos playing inside of them floating all around me. I then floated horizontally next to another being that I could not remember seeing just knew it was guiding me down a long corridor of openings. And then I remember being submerged in thick gel-like water. It was pulsing with electricity and I felt my body being pulled outward, as if being flattened with the waves of energy. The hum in the silence was very loud and I felt myself being pulled into a wormhole, or tunnel. It was pumping me through it like an ocean current. Ten feet forward, three feet back, and I felt like this light lead me back towards my bedroom. As I looked back up into this light there were four blue beings looking back down at me from above. And then I shot up in bed in my room again, knowing instantly that the two beings were just in my room, floating around like Peter Pan right before all of this happened. It was as if I had floated above my pool and then was instantly sucked back into my room and body before recovering these memories during my hypnosis session. I do remember other humans being in this place also, whether they were helping or being helped also. This place did not feel as if it existed in this reality, or time or universe. It was somewhere completely separate and outside of everything. After this experience, I went to a float tank on October 22, 2017, and had memories of being in a craft and traveling through wormholes out in the universe. That night I woke up to a violent episode where my eyes were banging around in my head so hard that I couldn't move without throwing up for hours in the bathroom. 
and had to be taken to a vertigo specialist that diagnosed me with BPPV, and I have had issues with it to this day still. Every year for the past five years I have gone camping in Ludington, Michigan with my grandparents. At the state park, there is a trail where you can hike out to the lighthouses. On this trail there is a campsite with no running water, electricity, or any way to contact the campsite without hiking maybe one half a mile. It was for experienced campers and hikers. On this particular trip we decided we were going to go all in and camp at that other campsite. We went late in the season so nobody else would be there. When we go there we were super excited and brought way to much stuff. It took us almost an hour to hike a one half mile but we made the trek without a hitch. It was just me and my grandparents. Nobody else was there and we happily spread our stuff out and prepared for a fun night of singing and telling stories by the fire. We did have a fun night but when we finished taking care of everything and decided to go to bed we couldn't find the key to lock up our cooler full of food. We dismissed it and stupidly left the cooler outside with stuff stacked on top of it thinking that it would be enough to hold back any animal that may come across it. During the night multiple times I heard people talking I could never quite make out what they were saying but I was so sure I heard it and I swear I saw a hand press on our tent. It jumped straight into my grandma's sleeping bag after that. The next morning on one of our chairs we found the key with a flower poked trough the loop. No food was missing except a loaf of bread. And the boxes stacked on the cooler exactly how we had left them. We were thoroughly perplexed and spent the next night in the bed of our truck. I don't know what happened. It might have been an animal of some kind or we may have been robbed by lost hikers, but I to this day am freaked out by what happened and I can't hike that trail without feeling uneasy. It all started when I and my friend started our nightly weekend ghost hunt in the summer of 2001. We gassed up the car stocked up on smokes and Mountain Dew and head off on the back roads of a small town named Canton, Illinois. We had been driving for about seven hours just messing around and it was getting to be light outside. We were driving around this plot of land owned by the state and used for what I think is waste disposal in old abandoned strip mines. The area is very well guarded and secure. All one can do mainly is drive around the perimeter of the land via old access roads. I was driving and she was in the passenger seat. It was about 6 a.m. with plenty of light when out of the corner of my eye I caught this huge black mass. I stopped the car, pulled over, and got out quick for about what seemed like forever. In only 20 seconds or so we saw these enormous black birds flying down onto the ground. The ground was elevated here and there, so we could not see them land. However, we estimated that they were at least 15 or more feet in wingspan. We figure maybe ultralight those not familiar are large prop driving gliders that can hold no more than one man and fly pretty low. Then we realized they were far too low to the secured land. We guessed them cranes or vultures, which wingspans spread a good distance. Still, these were huge, like the size of a glider. We drove around for like two hours trying to find higher ground to view their landing and no such luck. The place is tight with gates so we couldn't gain access. All I can say is my description of them. Wingspan 15 to 20 feet easily. All black feathers and gliding in for a landing. They appeared to resemble very unusually large crows.
I decided to rent a cabin way up in North. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Southern Michigan for a week with my sister Tanya. My sister is a writer, and this was also what she needed because she hadn't written in two weeks. So off we went. It was late May and still quite chilly, but we didn't care about the weather because we weren't there for sunbathing on the beach. The cottage was rustic but recently redone and it was located on a small pond but was surrounded by thick woods. Our cottage was the last one down a long dirt road. The cottage owner had put in several really nice long trails because if not then nobody was enjoying the woods. The first day we were unloading our luggage from the car and a young guy and his mom walked up the driveway. They introduced themselves and said they owned the house a little way down the road, and they went for walks a few times a week for exercise past the cottage. The mother Linda mentioned that her husband had passed away a few years earlier, and of course, I told her that I lost my husband Josh a few months earlier as well. Linda looked so sad for me but her son Brendan had a smirk on his face which really creeped me out. Linda seemed to notice this as well and said, okay let's leave these ladies to unpack and then said their goodbyes. I was unnerved by the way Brendan looked at me and I noticed he kept looking back at me as they walked away. On the first day, we just hung around the cabin. The next day I went for a walk alone so Tanya could get some riding done. I chose the path the owner said was the easiest. I had been walking for ten minutes when I heard the sound of a small animal moving through the underbrush, maybe something the size of a rabbit. So I stopped to listen and when I stopped the rustling stopped. I happened to glance back and I saw the shape of a human standing behind the thicket. I thought it was Brandon so I turned and kept walking. I was almost halfway and I'd see a tree about 30 feet in front of me but completely surrounded by the same thicket. I saw what again I perceived to be a naked Brandon. I couldn't see clearly because he was shrouded in darkness but I saw him perched on the bottom limb of a tree just crouched there staring at me. I could see one hand holding the limb he was crouched on and his other arm was wrapped around the tree trunk. But now that I look back and I know what I was looking at, I can't believe I thought it was Brandon. A day or two later I was finally able to pull Tanya away from her laptop and we were on the porch to watch the sunset. We distinctly heard a wolf howl from at least the other side of the pond. We agreed it was really close but we weren't too worried. We were more worried about the mother bears as we were told by Linda and the cabin owner that we needed to keep the bear spray on us at all times because the cubs were very young and the mothers were really protective. About ten minutes later we heard an animal screaming. Oh my gosh, we were both saying and covering our ears. 
Tanya was saying this is too close to nature for me. Then Tanya went in to use the bathroom and when she came back she said what is that and pointed to the wood lion. I saw the shrubs shaking then an animal came out of the woods with a baby deer hanging from its mouth. The baby wasn't just a newborn. We looked at pictures showing various ages and it was probably two weeks old approximately. We are not country girls so please don't get on me for being wrong. Anyway, Tanya said, no, I don't want to see this and she went inside. I sat looking at this animal. I was fairly certain the fawn was already dead or I would have done something at least I'd like to think I would have. What? I don't know. But regardless I was trying to figure out what this animal was. It was walking into the open from the woods. It dropped the fawn from its mouth then it started sniffing it. I was fairly certain that this was a very large wolf with a case of the mange because its hair was thick around the neck like a lion's mane, and it was thin to bear in spots. Its rear end was bald and I didn't even see a tail. I noticed it looked almost deformed because the back end sat way lower than the front. The animal seemed almost mesmerized by the fun. It stared and sniffed at it, then it pushed it forward or over by using its nose. Then it picked it up by the mouth and started shaking it side to side viciously. Then it started biting into the midsection and when it lifted its head to chew you could clearly see intestines hanging out of its mouth. Now I believe I let out a sound at that point because it looked at me surprised and then ran about ten feet to the large tree. It turned around and literally stood on its back legs. Oh my gosh. I realized this was the thing I saw up in the tree. I could clearly see the eyes were rusty colored and they were illuminated. They were glowing from the inside. It was starting to turn dusk. It just continued to stand there behind the tree. It seemed to be apprehensive a little, but it was staring at me and then it would look towards the fawn. At one point I thought I saw it lift its lip and the whole muzzle started to vibrate like it was trying not to bare its teeth. Finally, it got down on all four feet and started walking slowly to the fawn. When it was almost there it swung its head in my direction and let out a low menacing growl. At the same time, it bared its teeth. This animal was at least 400 pounds. It could be even bigger but I'm afraid that the naysayers will call me a liar. This animal was at least three to four times as big as my German Shepherd. All the way around its head was huge. But what really terrified me was when it sneered at me and went down for the fawn. Its teeth were at least three inches long, sharp and jagged. When it got to the fawn it picked it up in its mouth and took off at a fast slope. We didn't leave for walks after that. We barely left the cabin. When we did leave the last day we drove over to that tree and I got out and stood beside where it stood and I can say without a doubt it was well over six and a half to seven and a half feet tall. We drove past Linda's house and on second thought I asked Tanya to turn back around. I wanted to tell them what we saw. Linda was genuinely concerned and seemed shocked to hear what we saw. She appreciated that we thought enough to stop. When we got home we called the landlord and he said straight away that we were warned to carry bear spray, so I just left it at that. I figured he thought we wanted our money back and that wasn't the case. So that's our story. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a Bigfoot. I was filling in at O'Hare Fire Station 2 on the July 4, 2022 weekend. We were outside in the patio area talking and watching the distant fireworks display. As we talked we heard what sounded like a very loud screeching noise. It sounded like the brakes on a large truck. 
We didn't pay it any mind because it was probably a semi or airport maintenance vehicle that was nearby. There is a cargo terminal within sight of the station so we didn't give it a second thought until we heard a series of clicks. Rapid, loud clicking followed by that sound again. It was then that one of the other guys saw something and said, WTF is that? We looked up to see a figure in the sky. It looked like a human with wings and it had a pair of bright orange eyes. One of the firefighters said it was the infamous Batman and said it was seen all over the airport and the surrounding suburbs. It was only visible for about five seconds before it flew out of sight toward the north. When I was in high school I was a member of a volunteer search and rescue team. We would get called out mostly on weekends in the summer to help hikers who had been injured or gotten lost on one of the hundreds of trails in our county. It was very intense, but I really enjoyed being able to use my wilderness skills to help people out. One morning, we got a call at about 4 a.m. to go and search for a small plane that had crashed into a mountain during a night flight. I was about 16 and got excused from days of school for doing volunteer work, so I jumped out of bed and drove over to the mountain. We found the plane after about three hours of searching by tracking a transponder signal. My team was second on site and they wouldn't let me near the plane because I was a minor, but I watched as they pulled the victims' pretty heavily mangled bodies out of the cabin of the plane. All three had been killed on impact, and in the darkness probably hadn't known they were about to hit the mountain. We ended up loading the victims into litters basically fiberglass stretchers with a bike wheel attached to the bottom and hauling them down the mountain on foot because, due to tree cover, we weren't able to get the helivac chopper close enough for an air extraction. I ended up carrying two of the victims down the mountain and had to throw my leather work gloves away afterward because the victim's blood had soaked through the body bag and gotten on my hands. On this particular trail, the beginning of the hike is about a half mile of steep, rocky terrain. Rather than bringing the first victim all the way to the trailhead for extract, we stashed them in a bush off the trail before the steep part, and then went back for the other person. A lot of people had to go to therapy after that particular mission, I more just thought the whole experience was very surreal. I think the things that stuck with me the most were the coping mechanisms we used to handle the situation while we were working. We were making little jokes like, oh, his head's leaking, punch that elbow back in, it's sticking out, while we were carrying the bodies down. Personally, I'm just grateful that I didn't walk away from that experience with any trauma and I will never get on a small plane and fly around in a mountainous area at night. Alright everybody with a knowledge of cryptids. I'm hunting for information on a cryptid I'm not even sure has been marked down yet. There has been multiple sightings in my small town of Merrill, Michigan, something of which doesn't match a single cryptid I've read about yet, and I've read a lot. I personally have not seen it, so I'm sorry for breaking that rule, but I have three witnesses that I would put my life on, and I really want to know about this thing. The first witness is my uncle, and he is the main reason I'm on this hunt. When he was young, he used to take night walks in the neighbor's woods right before sunrise, as long as it was dark enough so no neighbors could see him. He would take a very dim flashlight with him on purpose, and if he thought anyone saw him, or was following him, he'd put his hand over it and hide in the woods darkness. 
He claims the main things that scared him were the raccoons and opossums. He never had problems with people on his walks, but he still knew the risk of trespassing. Though his story isn't very exciting, he got the best view on the creature out of all three witnesses, claiming that it only stood a few feet tall. And had legs bend backwards with large, fly-like eyes and the rest of it looked like a kangaroo and a monkey hybrid. There are many cryptids that are close in visuals, but none of them have thick hair and big eyes like this one had. I showed him drawings of other look-alike cryptids. He's dismissed every one of them. He claimed that he was walking out of the woods just as it was getting brighter. The sky was gray and the woods still dark from the trees, but the road almost visible down the whole mile. On his way across the road back to the house, he saw that thing a little ways down the road. It's said to have crossed the road in two steps, despite being short and disappearing into the woods my uncle had just exited. The second witness is deceased now. He was a natural conspiracist, so it came as no surprise when I heard this story years ago. Though his description was much less valuable, I have the belief that this was the same cryptid. A couple miles away from the first incident, this man said that he seen a small, ape-like figure jump almost to the tops of the trees. This is the least resourceful sighting cause I cannot ask this man to answer anything he left out, or to give more info. This is all I have for his sighting. The third is my grandma's good friend, Sylvia, from a state away. Every 4th of July, they park a camper in my grandma's yard and stay for a week or two to visit all the friends and family they left behind when they moved out of state. Keep in mind, these folk have never even heard the stories of this creature, and for this story, I was in the house as it happened. Sylvia's husband had a few beers with my grandparents. There's a big tree on the side of a barely used road, and he walked over to it to use the bathroom. As he was peeing on this tree, he noticed the same big, black bug eyes that my uncle had seen. It was staring him down from the tree line across the road, and as soon as he focused on it, the cryptid backed up into the brush and was gone. Me and my uncle freaked out about this, as you would, because it had been a six or so years since someone we knew spotted this thing. As crazy as it sounds, me and my whole family believe and know this creature. We've even narrowed down where it possibly calls home based on how far sightings go. Sorry for the long and many paragraphs. If you have any idea what might be lurking around mid-Michigan, please leave a name of a cryptid or a description or drawing. My family and me all want to know what so many of us have seen. Any ideas? There's more sightings too, these are just the most reliable, believable and descriptive.